0: Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. It's Thursday, January 11th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Francis Howell School District students who took black history and literature courses say they learned valuable lessons from a curriculum informed by the social justice movement. It's really opened up to being a critical thinker, being able to think for myself and formulate opinions for myself. I also think the class built a lot of confidence. The school board aims to replace the courses with versions that are, quote, politically neutral. St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis has that story in just a few minutes. Legislation creating open enrollment for Missouri's public schools is in motion for the 2024 legislative session. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports, some education organizations are criticizing the proposal. Under the legislation, students would be able to transfer into a new district participating in the program. Districts would be able to decide if they wanted to accept non-resident students. While school districts would not be able to stop students from leaving, they would be able to restrict the number of outgoing students to 3% of the previous school year's enrollment. Among those speaking against the bill was Matt Michelson with the Missouri State Teachers Association. Our members are deeply concerned about the uh, prospects of consolidation that could happen under this bill. Um, also increasing student student uh, mobility, and um, the uh, the detrimental effects of student mobility. The legislature adjourned last session without passing any major education policy changes. In Jefferson City, I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. St. Louis County Executive Sam Page is calling on policymakers to drum up more revenue. His State of the County address yesterday touched on some of last year's economic development and governmental accomplishments, but Page says the county's future is muddled by a budget deficit that will drain reserves in several years. County Councilman Mark Harder of Baldwin says there are some positive trends with regard to sales tax, but he adds county leaders have tough decisions ahead.
1: We need to make some bigger jumps uh, in either revenue or cuts, or both, going forward if we're going to try to balance this budget.
0: Page says council members should consider implementing a tax on online purchases. Also from yesterday's address, the county unveiled a new logo and tagline. St. Louis Public Radio's Lauren Brennicky reports officials are going with a more modern design that aims to evoke an image of a growing county. The new design includes a red fleur-de-lis, a nod to the region's French heritage. Opportunity Central is the new tagline. Commenters on the St. Louis County Facebook page say they believe this logo is a misuse of funds but Councilwoman Shalonda Webb says she welcomes the change. I believe branding us and making sure that we know who we are is important. Putting this brand forth, I think, will be great for businesses, individuals, and our communities to come together and collaborate, collaborate as one. The new design and details about it can be seen at stlpr.org. I'm Lauren Brenneke, St. Louis Public Radio. St. Louis-Lambert International Airport's plans to consolidate its two terminals are taking another step forward. The Federal Aviation Administration is beginning an environmental assessment of the project, which is required before it can move to design and construction. The FAA says the assessment could be complete in September. If approved, the project would also consolidate terminal security and parking and include airport roadway improvements, Airport officials say the design phase could begin by the end of the year. The numbers are in, and 2023 is officially the planet's warmest year on record. St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grunke reports on how the local climate is changing. It was the second hottest year on record in St. Louis. Illinois also saw an especially warm year statewide. It ranked fifth since the late 1800s. State climatologist Trent Ford says the high average temperature wasn't set because of summer heat waves.
1: The largest kind of departures from normal temperatures in 2023 was actually in the coldest months. So January, February and December were all at least five degrees above normal. January and December were closer to seven to eight degrees above
0: normal. There are a lot of downsides to warmer winters, but right now it might help with the ongoing drought. Warmer ground can have an easier time absorbing precipitation. I'm Kate Grumke, St. Louis Public Radio. More than 50 St. Louis small business owners are calling for changes at KDHX. The owners of Urban Chestnut, The Gramophone, and Crown Candy are among those behind a letter criticizing the direction of the nonprofit radio station. More than a dozen volunteers were dismissed last fall after many expressed no confidence in Executive Director Kelly Wells. The business owners are calling on management to bring back the former DJs and to give volunteers more say on how the station operates. When the Francis Howell School Board voted to remove black history and literature courses, some students, parents, and alumni called the action racist. The district superintendent and board president say the classes will return under a, quote, politically neutral curriculum. As St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports, students say the courses helped them learn facts they had not heard before.
1: Zoe Abraham was a senior at Francis Howe High School last year when she learned about civil rights activist Claudette Colvin. Colvin was arrested in Montgomery, Alabama at 15. She refused to give up her bus seat to a white woman in 1955, nine months before Rosa Parks would. Colvin's relatively unknown history was just one of many things Abraham learned from the Black History course, along with Tulsa's Black Wall Street, the Tulsa Race Massacre, and how some Africans assisted Europeans during the slave trade. Abraham, who's white, told the school board in March that she probably wouldn't have learned that important history if she hadn't taken the class.
0: None of this was covered in any of my other history classes. There is strength and power in this history. There is an importance and a lesson to it that we don't get to cover in our required classes.
1: So when the school board voted 5-2 to last month to pull the class and the black literature course from the 2024-2025 school year, Abraham says it was a sad moment.
0: I was frustrated because there are so many good opportunities to learn there, and it's an elective class. It's not required.
1: The vote ignited a firestorm among students, parents, and alumni who say the decision erases black history. Members of the board said they pulled the electives because their curriculum was based off of a social justice standard developed by the Southern Poverty Law Center. But students who took the courses say the lessons helped them learn about long-ignored histories and their own identities.
0: It's really opened up to being a critical thinker, being able to think for myself and formulate opinions for myself.
1: That's Lauren Chance, a senior at Francis Howell North who took Black history. She says the course was a formative moment. Reading books by Black authors inspired her to be more active in the Black Student Union.
0: I feel that that class has really boosted my confidence into becoming the person I am today.
1: The district first offered the courses after the George Floyd protest in 2020. The school board introduced an anti-racism resolution later that year, pledging to create an equitable environment for all students. But last year, the school board's makeup changed following an election. The anti-racism resolution sunsetted the same year. Harry Harris is a Francis Howell School District parent and ran for school board last year. He says parents and students were excited when the classes started a few years ago, but he says board members still haven't made clear what aspects of the courses they object to. They're presenting it like you have students who take this course and all of a sudden they get Black Panther jackets And they're marching out in the streets, fists raised and calling for, you know, taking people out and things like that. Nobody's doing that. It's comical that they even think that. Board members who voted to remove the classes declined to be interviewed, but in a statement say they're confident in the administration's ability to create a politically neutral curriculum. But Harris worries that the classes won't come back. The board can keep coming back and saying, no, we don't like that. You're going to have to go back and change. No, we don't like that. They can keep doing this, until the class is ready to start, then if we get to that point, they're gonna have to cancel the class. Many students have expressed outrage. Some created a petition to bring the courses back before they were reinstated and protested the decision by wearing black on the first day back from winter break. Some parents, like Zoe's mom, Beth Abraham, says the board's decision could backfire.
0: The irony is that by Pushing this down so far, they've they've only increased. They've pushed kids towards activism. They're learning what that's all about now because they're trying to silence. You know this this interesting topic.
1: Students plan to continue protesting and have scheduled a walkout for later this month. I'm Chad
0: Davis, St.
1: Louis Public Radio.
0: Our David Casares edited that report. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt.